Welcome to Rants About Humanity, a podcast where we interview guest experts with passionate opinions about important topics that don't get enough attention. Raw, unfiltered, thought-provoking perspectives with no censorship. With your host, Philip Van Houta. Welcome, 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 welcome everyone to the Rants About Humanity podcast. Today I have Zach Rohde. Zach Rohde is a dating and relationship coach who's going to stir up some controversy about masculinity and femininity and polarity. He's been teaching masculine and feminine polarity mastery to transform relationships and dating experiences. He works with both men and women by giving them the communication tools and specific direction necessary to push through fears that prevent them from showing up as their best self. He coaches men how to step forward and devote their leadership and he coaches women how to let go and step into the feminine. Welcome on the podcast. Let me just drop a reaction that maybe a lot of people will have, and you will hear this a lot, like, everyone has masculine and feminine energies. Aren't we all a part masculine and feminine? Yeah, we are. And both of those energies are something that both a man and a woman can develop in themselves, right? You can have a woman who really becomes increasingly masculine, you know, becomes a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you know, is completely in charge of the household, tells her man what to do, all that stuff. And the same for a man, right? He can become extremely feminine and, you know, just really let go. And the problem is, is that that is not our natural programming. So it's not like you, it's not that you can't do that. You know, we're capable of some incredible things as both a man and as a woman, but it's going to be extremely draining for a woman to do that. Right. And it's going to, it's going to put her in an early grave and and she's not going to enjoy it. Right. She's really not going to enjoy it. And for a man, he's just going to feel increasingly weak. If he does that, he's going to get further away from his natural instincts. And he's not going to enjoy it either. So it's not about what you can do. It's about what is natural for you to do. And how have become the genders or the sexes? How did they have become so estranged from their natural expression? I think that's due to a lot of indoctrination that's happened in our society. So you can like feminism is certainly going to have played a massive role in that and uh, schooling as well. And then just social conditioning by parents as they've been conditioned in a certain way from, from that where, where we are. And it, it happens like in TV as well, the media, movies, all this kind of stuff where we are essentially being trained and indoctrinated to get further and further disconnected from our natural instincts, our natural programming to the point where we really believe that who we naturally are is wrong. It's, it's wrong to, to act in that way. I actually got red-pilled on this topic because I used to be in the PUA community, pickup artist community. Maybe we can hit a bit about it later. And I sure. started delving into the wage gap and feminism. Like Karen Strong, Girls Write What, Girls Writes What, is one of the people that really red-pilled me. And she showed me the truth about feminism and where it comes from. And when I talk about feminism, and maybe you see it differently, you have several waves in feminism. The first and the second was more about equal rights and equal opportunities. But then you have something which I absolutely despise, which is radical feminism, third wave and fourth wave feminism, which is more anti-men. 
And you even see when you delve deeply into it that it was mostly bored, middle-class women who had nothing to do and finally could do the jobs that men were able to do in the past. So then they wanted equal rights because for the vast amount of history, women didn't want to trade jobs with men because they were physically so intense. You know, they were dying in wars. They presented like in history, it was like, ah, such an easy life that everything that's been written about the subjugation of women and men oppressing women, that is also a part of an agenda of consumerism of, you know, when one person is the provider in the household, he can provide. But when you have a man and a woman who are independent, they consume more. And that a lot of the agenda has been focusing on women as victims and men as oppressors. But when you delve deeper into it, it's a lot more complicated and a lot more subtle than that. How did you find out your alignment as a man and some myths maybe that you saw or lies about feminism and masculinity and femininity? So there's a lot to unpack there. First, I don't even like to call it feminism because feminism has nothing to do with femininity. It's actually masculinism. It's masculinizing women. Everything that is promoted in feminism is how to be more masculine as a woman. And, you know, increasingly so with third, third wave feminism, but it's really been a progression from the start and getting women increasingly disconnected from their natural feminine energy. And of course, I have no problem with people doing whatever makes them happy, you know, having, having mm -hmm. the right to, to do whatever. So that part I have no problem with, but it is the, the programming that, you know, that masculine traits in a woman should be celebrated. And it's been increasingly downplayed and even to the point where it's demonized for a woman to be to for a woman to be feminine it's seen as weak and so i would say i first got into some of that understanding as well i went into the pickup artist community as well that's how i really started learning the basics of being a man i i could say uh, though i think there was a lot of things I was misguided on. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Yeah, well, well, a lot of, I mean, I know a lot of people and teachers in the PUA community, and there's a lot of shadows and projection out there. But one of the things that it teaches a lot of men is masculine to feminine communication and that polarity principle, which I didn't know at all because I was a lost young boy without confidence, without leadership, without an own self. And I know when I speak this, and I think you also knew, know this, that there's a huge crisis of like young men who are like lost and they don't have a sense of self and they don't know how to be a man and they can't get any decent relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and pickup can actually act as a lifeline for those men, right? Because we don't have any of those initiation rituals, anything uh, like our, our ancestors did, or even just not even rituals, but just, you know, learning how to be a man from your father. Right. Like that's that's gone that for the most part, that's really gone. And so pickup can actually be a lifeline for men who have just, you know, spent their entire lives masturbating and playing video games and stuff. And then, oh, here is a way to actually become successful with women. Right. So so in that respect, it is it's absolutely, absolutely amazing. I don't know what I have what, it would, mm -hmm. what I would have done or where I would be at this point without learning about that stuff because pickup actually does teach so much about masculine and feminine polarity even though when i learned it i never even heard the terms mm -hmm. like masculine feminine polarity anything like that but it is taught at least indirectly and so it's very different from what most of what you hear in in mainstream books and 
even coaching and all that kind of stuff. Marriage counseling, certainly. Yeah, this, then you get this, what I had. I was a virgin until I was 24. You know, I was mm. depressed. I was suicidal, lost in life. And you know what I became? I became their best friend, their psychologist, the nice guy, you know. And they were complaining about me, about alpha guys, confident guys, you know. But in the end, they end up sleeping with them. And I was like, why are they not picking me? Like, I'm such a nice <laughs> guy. I'm just God to a good person to talk to, but I had a low self-image, you know, and clearly something I was doing wasn't working, but I was following, you know, the Hollywood guidelines, you know, the social programming. And mm -hmm. that's when I had a lot of self-hatred and a lot of baggage that I had to shed. It was not learning. It was more unlearning because just as you said, I didn't have any role models. Yeah, it is unlearning uh, just as much, if not more than actual learning, right? Because it's, it's this indoctrination that covers up our instinctual programming. Right, it's there. If you're actually listening to it, if you're actually listening, for example, as a man, like if you're actually listening to your body when it's telling you that you're irritated with something, you know, that's an opportunity to to lead out of it. But we have we've been indoctrinated to the point where we think that these instincts are wrong, that like there's something toxic and and terrible about it, and that we shouldn't listen to it. And so so much about this. And unfortunately, when I learned pickup, I didn't learn much about that, mm. whereas more about adding things on to you, which can be a problem when you're, if the way that you adopt this stuff is thinking, okay, I have, I'm not good enough the way that I am. I have to like add on all of this stuff to actually be attractive to women. And then it becomes all about, you know, tactics and stuff like that. That's a huge, huge problem for men instead of it just about instead of it being about undoing so much of that crap and just really finding who you are and just being who you are, setting those boundaries, setting expectations, leading the way that you want as a man, of course. And it's, you know, saying what you want, making judgments, both positive and negative. Like those are all very masculine things to do. And it's just about real. It's about accepting yourself that it's okay to do those things. Yeah. When I delved into this will sound controversial, but we live in a matriarchy. We live in a matriarchy where almost everything is being decided on feminine principles. The, yeah. the judgment system, the educational system, the majority are women. What are the virtuous principles? It's the feminine. This is what I also blame the spiritual community about. I call it spiritual correctness because they overvalue the feminine and they don't value the masculine at all. Like it's not the polarity of both. It's like, how can you be a good man be more feminine. That's, that seems to be like the answer, you know? Yeah. And when I look at the polarities, I would say men are more about order, about discernment, about boundaries, about structure, about forward grabbing, about creating worlds, about giving. Women are more about receiving, opening up, about chaos, about letting go, about the exception about subjectivity. Men are more about reason. Women are more about feeling. Yes, it's a spectrum, but the spectrum that is, the masculine spectrum is vastly more present in biological males. <laughs> and the feminine spe spectrum by nature is more prevalent in women, right? At least that's how I see it. Well, and, and yeah, and, and so, and spirituality incredibly has actually um, helped <laughs> turn women more into men as well to a large extent. And of course, you know, they're, it's just amazing the way that this has been done where men have been not just in society, right? It's not just like the, the whole feminism movement and all that stuff where men have become increasingly feminine and women have become increasingly masculine. 
there is the exact same thing that's going on in the spirituality community where men have become increasingly feminine and that's mm-hmm. that's what we're taught yet a lot of women what they're learning is how to become we'll call it empowered right mm-hmm. and where you're actually women are becoming increasingly masculinized but i agree with you that overall in the spiritual community it is very much focused on well yeah we'll call it feminine principles you know the letting go just accepting everything there is no truth right like judgments are like making judgments are wrong there is no good and bad all that kind of stuff and yeah that's a huge huge problem and it's it's amazing because on the surface it, it seems to make so much sense it, it it can easily suck men into this well and women too right mm-hmm. because it will often resonate in a really strong way and so what i what end up happening to me is I had been really developing so much of my masculine energy, becoming increasingly masculine in the pickup community, right, for years. And then I really dove into the spiritual community years after and really began feminizing myself. And of course, there's a lot of benefits to that too. Like I the ability to just be able to accept and be happy no matter what. And you know, I'm I'm not saying it's all bad, but without understanding who you are as a man and where you should really be headed, it can cause so many problems. And, and I actually became less successful. Like if you compared my second year in pickup compared to say my eighth, I was actually less successful. And that's also just because I was less interested, but a big part of it was I had just feminized myself without even realizing what I was doing, just accepting things that I shouldn't accept, trying to just be happy about everything. Not, I, I was still leading, but in a, well, we'll say I had like awakened my inner child, my inner boy to such an extent that I just wasn't being a man the way that I should. We aren't taught how to be a man. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching like the cultural shift has happened so much. Like when you look now at the cultural portrayal of strong men, they're almost non-existent. Like what is a strong masculine role model? Like it's so much that I protect myself from the Hollywood filth by, I just go back to movies from the 60s and 70s, man. I'm watching old James Bond movies again. I'm watching, you know, old uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino movies again to see some masculinity like strong leaders. They have negative sides, of course. But nowadays, when I look at this ultra soy boy, feminized, you know, gender queer in all the movies like Star Wars, and then they also want to make a female Ghostbusters, and now they want to have a black female James Bond. Like That's a strong masculine figure. You can have your feminine figures, okay, but that that are archetypes, and they are destroying the Humphrey Bogarts, the Marlon Brandos, like all these things that people could look up to. I'm really wondering what is still a strong masculine figure that current-day youth and men can still look up to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that is a huge problem and and what we've also been conditioned within that is, you know, if you look at the masculine feminine energies, there's some examples in media, I'm not saying there's none, but it's somewhere it's like very unbalanced men where they're, you know, they're just assholes, right? It's like mm-hmm. they're they're masculine but they're not devotional in any kind of way, so very very unhealthy. And then there is the ones that like all along the spectrum of being, you know, we'll call it balanced, like very balanced in both masculine and feminine energies, or just really, really feminine. 
there's very few that are really good mo- uh, role models of both, you know, they're extremely strong leaders, right? It's like, no, I'm a man, you know, I'm, an, I'm the one that's making the decisions in a, in a relationship, setting the boundaries, the expectations I'm leading, but is also devotional in the sense of, you know, I'm ultimately doing this for you to, to, to make you happy, to protect you emotionally and physically. Yeah, that's rare. It's rare. So we don't see it. And, and so we don't realize that that is, that's something that men should be moving towards. When you say that men have to make the decisions in relationship, it's going to be something controversial. But when I look in reality, what women are attracted to, you have something which is hypogamy, hypergamy, where women date up the status ladder. Most women, they want a man they can look up to. Doesn't only have to be money, can be status or whatever, you know, like they're most attracted to their man when he's like standing as an element, when he's being a status symbol, when they look up to them. In general, most women want a guy that's higher than them in terms of status, you know, and power, because that is something that is erotic to them. For men in general, I don't care about the profession of a woman. She doesn't have to be a super successful business manager. She can be an empathic, cute girl that works in a supermarket. Like in general, I don't care about that. But when you really look at relationship, especially working relationship where the polarity is nice, you will see that the man is leading and the man is being a success symbol and the woman is looking up to the man. A lot of women can listen to this and say like, I don't agree. I don't care what you think. I look at what works. And when I see what works in the vast majority of cases, this is the pattern that is working and creates a fulfilling integrated relationship. Right. Yeah. And so this is part of the the brainwashing on both sides for men and women, right? And so from the woman's perspective, they are indoctrinated. Women are indoctrinated to believe that it is, well, I mean, both genders really are, that it's disrespectful, that they're dishonoring themselves in some way if they just step back and and allow a man to lead, right? Because we we've been conditioned to believe that somehow when you like whoever is leading, whoever is making the decisions first, that they are superior in some way. And then second, that they must just be subjugating the, the person who's following, right? Because what other possible possibility is there? But that's not true. And if you look at, you know, most forms of dance, like look at salsa dance, for example, mm-hmm. is the man superior because he's leading the dance? Is he being an asshole and just like thrashing the woman around and making her have a terrible time? No, he's dancing for her. He's dancing to to show her an amazing time to lead so that she can just let go and relax in her feminine energy and just follow. And that's the piece that's missing. It's devoted, devoted leadership, right? So, you know, in my relationship, I'm the one that's making all the decisions, right? And I'm not saying every single decision, but when it comes to something that's impacting both of us, I'm the one that's making the decision on it. I'm the one that's leading. I'm setting the boundaries, the expectations for the relationship. I'm choosing who is doing what chores. I'm choosing what's right and wrong, like how we're going to interact with each other, how we're going to treat each other. But here's the thing. When I am leading, I am always extremely concerned about how my woman feels, right? How she feels. I want her experience in the relationship to be amazing. I want her to be having a good time. I want her to feel respected. I want her to feel happy. I want her to feel safe, right? So I'm always thinking about those things. I'm always anticipating her needs and her feelings. And she's communicating to me what her feelings are so that I know, 
so that I can lead better. So a man is not superior just because he's leading. He's just different. I call it dominant, right? So he's dominant in the relationship, but that doesn't mean he's better. He's just better at being dominant. A woman is better at being radiant. Those are two very different things. But when together, both in a healthy way, both partners get their needs met. And it's beautiful, just like in a salsa dance. That's what a relationship should look like. Yeah, I love that analogy with like dancing. It's also the guy, just the woman can let go and she can trust. And the guy, you know, is a protector, a provider. He creates like boundaries in which she can express herself. It's like, oh my God, I'm so free, you know? And the guy sometimes escapes his mental realm by seeing that bodily expression, you know, and flow of the woman is like, wow, you inspire each other without becoming each other, right? Yes. Yeah. I think one of the biggest hangups that women have to... It's like, that That sounds so beautiful, right? But what women have often experienced is something very different, right? So I call that when a woman is just letting go, that she is submitting to her man's leadership. But what women have often experienced is they have been subjugated in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Call it su- subjugated is one big problem, right? Where the man is, he's not leading with devotion. He's not leading as a gift for her, right? Like when I think of my expectations, boundaries, things I wanted my woman to do, I'm, I'm energetically offering those things as a gift, right? I'm, I'm trying to make our relationship better. Whereas a man who is subjugating a woman, he is doing it in a way where he is energetically taking from her, right? He needs her submission for his own ego, so that he can feel superior in some kind of way, right? He needs that. Otherwise, he can't feel good. So it's not as a gift. And then what women will often do, they'll dishonor themselves by submitting to things that don't feel good over and over and over again. And many will end up losing themselves in the process, right? They don't even know who they are anymore. And so that is 100% different than what I'm talking about. So for any of your women listeners you know, that's subjugation. That is not healthy submission. In healthy submission, you don't lose yourself at all. You actually find yourself probably for the first time. A great analogy I heard was by Elliot Hulse. Don't agree with his teachings completely nowadays, but used to be a big follower, where he com- compares it to the sexual organs. For a man to function, he has to have an erection, which means you get excited, but not too excited that you quickly come. But you also have to be confident to get an erection, right? And you build up energy in yourself. And then you can keep that energy itself and have an erection. And then what does a woman do? She opens up. She invites the man in. And then you give the energy of yourself to a woman and it becomes a dance of polarities. And the longer it takes, the more the man gets like energetically depleted. And the more the woman says like, more, more, give it to me, you know? So it's an exchange of energy energy while a narcissistic asshole would be like i'm just going to discharge and use it as an object which maybe would be like subjugating women right but also here you see the polarities of giving you know exchanging energy and the man charging himself up from the world and then giving to a woman while when you look at what actually turns a woman the most on she's very narcissistic because the biggest turn on for the woman is the guy getting turned on by her right that's the biggest aphrodisiac so even here in the sexual play you kind of see like the polarities and the dance of energies well i guess we would be narcissists too then because what i was going to say is you know sex is the per- like a, a, a fantastic example maybe even better than dancing where if you look at selfish guys, right, it, just like you say, they see a woman, it's like, I just want to come in her, 
Mm-hmm. Right. That I'm, this is all about me. I don't really care about her experience. Right. So that's selfish leadership. That's not devoted leadership. Devoted leadership is, oh, like I want to have sex with this woman. And a huge part of my motivation is I just want to make her happy. I just want to give her pleasure because it just makes me so happy to see her so happy. Right. So when a devoted, caring man is having sex with a woman, you know, yes, he's, feeling good because his cock feels good, right? But it's so much more than that. He feels so good because he is seeing how his actions are positively impacting his woman, right? Like it is a turn on to, to like, as you're having sex with a woman to see her just open up and, you know, be so expressive, you know, making amazing sounds, all of that stuff. And that actually energizes him. So he is energetically giving to her it's like, you know, you're having sex with her, you're penetrating her. He's taking charge um, and giving charge, right? Yeah, yeah, he's taking charge and he's giving charge. And then as he's giving to her, right, he's energetically giving to her, but then he's energetically getting so much back as he feels so received by his gifts, right? By seeing how she's enjoying them. And then he gets energized and then he just wants to give more. And then she lights up more and is expressive and then he gets that back and it's the same cycle in a healthy relationship where a man just wants to give her his gifts right you want and through his leadership and when it makes her happy he feels good and then wants to give more of those gifts but it's got to then this is the key it's got to be through his leadership if he's giving through his submission right like when his woman is telling saying like hey I want you to do this she's leading him that does not feel good for him he will never want to do that. He might do the thing, but he'll never feel good about it. Bro, that is what most men don't get. When I see, look around, like men in their 30s and 40s, they look like castrated puppies. They've been castrated. Yeah. They thought that it would make their wife happy by giving them what they want. And as soon as they gave them what they want, it's not interested anymore. Interesting yeah. <laughs> anymore. It's like castring theory, right? Like you, you play with a string with a cat, you know, and you twist it around and you know it, the cat has to work to get it. The cat keeps on playing. But when you put it right in front of the paws, it just walks away. So then you become the child in the relationship. Then you're not hard to get anymore. Then she's more caretaking of you, right? So that is why often men are disillusioned. Like she kept on nagging to not visit my boys or do this hobby or do this thing that purely I do for me. And then they gave it up. And then that woman becomes silently resentful. And the dynamic and the sexual energy between them goes away. And he's thinking like, huh? why is this happening? I thought I gave her what she wanted and she was telling me, nagging me, and I finally cave in. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about hard to get because that's, that's really interesting, especially because that's a huge component of the pickup community. And I just want to explain this because it can actually really lead men astray in a, mm. really, in a really bad way, right? Where they get into the mindset of trying to make the woman chase him. And when when that happens, he's actually forcing her to step into her masculine energy to do that, right? She should not be in the chasing role. But I also don't call when a man, like when a man's in the chasing role, he's being a bitch, right? He is, he's just like, you know, chasing after her good energy. And so I don't like the word chasing to describe a healthy dynamic between a man and woman at all what I say is a man should be leading, right? So there is no plain hard to get. What there is, is a man is leading 
He's only giving gifts to his woman when it's through his leadership, right? So if a woman's like, hey, I want you to do this, he's like, I don't care what you want, right? I, I'm not going to submit to submit to your leadership. And what a healthy, dominant, devoted man is going to do is lead her into feminine expression, right? Where it's like, you know, I, I'm not going to, I don't care what you want. I'm not going to submit to that, but I do want to know how you feel. Right? How are you feeling in this moment? Oh, you're feeling really crappy because I haven't spent much time with you. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go take you on a date because now he can give it as a gift. right? Or another example, which is going to be probably quite controversial, a man who leads his woman to always ask permission for things. right? If she wants something. So instead of, hey, get me a coffee, it's, hey, can I have a coffee? Energetically, it's completely different. The first mm-hmm. is leading. The first is, or the second is just submitting to whatever, like she will respect whatever decision he decides, right? So when it's permissive, he gets to still lead. It still feels good. And a man loves doing things for like the masculine, the healthy masculine loves doing things for a woman, right? But it's got to be through his leadership. Otherwise, he's dishonoring himself. His woman is just going to lose so much respect for him, and she's going to, you know, <laughs> she's going to be out of there. She's not going to want to have sex with him with him anymore. He's, she's going to be looking at other guys. And so, this is the energetic exchange when where both man and woman are respecting themselves and each other is when a man is is devoted to his woman. He's giving her gifts, but it's always through his leadership, and he's not letting his woman lead. Now, how? Do you balance this? Because I'm going to give an example, right? You could act like you do these directive commands because it's a masculine way of asking a question. You could wait two days to send a message because that's not needy. But you know what? Every man who's been through that process, especially with the messages, you can send the perfect message. But the energy and the frame for which you send it energetically will make sure it's being perceived as desperate or clingy or not. It's not about the message. It's a place where you send it from. So let's say I hear Zach right now in this podcast and I'm like, yes, yes, now I'm going to give directive commands. Isn't that way still like a very reactive way because you're doing it to get a certain reaction? When does it actually become more natural and fluent and part of your genuine, authentic expression? Okay, so that's a, that's a great question. So first of all, masculine energy is always trying to get outcomes. Okay, that's what the masculine energy does. The feminine energy is not trying to get outcomes. So there's nothing wrong with trying to get an outcome. It's only a problem when you're trying to get an outcome for your own ego, essentially. And so I like when I learned pickup, luckily, within a year, one of the biggest things I learned was how to be authentic when I'm leading. Right. And unfortunately I went way too deep into that and just became authentic with everything and just, you know, took that far more seriously than actual the leading part, which is really important too. So when you are trying to get an outcome, there is, you can try to get an outcome and the outcomes to give a gift and you can give an outcome to try to energetically take. And the best way I can illustrate this, because this is going to apply for everything in relationships, texting, whatever, you name it, meeting women. When I first started meeting women, what I noticed was sometimes they'd respond really well to me and sometimes they'd respond not so well or, or bad. And the difference was whether I was energetically giving or energetically taking. 
So when I was, so I'd go up to a girl and be like, Hey, you know what? I think you're really pretty. You can feel into that energy when a man does that, where it's like, you're doing that to try to get something back, Mm -hmm. right? Like you want her approval, you want her time, you want her energy, you want her smile for you, for your own ego, for your own identity. And she's going to feel that. And it's going to be like, Ooh, gross. Right. It says so many negative things when you communicate that, that you need to be an energetic taker. But you can say those exact same words. And I have literally thousands of times like, hey, you know what? You're so beautiful. I wanted to meet you. And her smile just lights up from Mm -hmm. ear to ear. She's so happy. She's like, oh, my God. Okay, blah, blah, blah. She turns around. And I'm talking about anywhere, right? In in the middle of the day, in a mall, in a sidewalk, in a bar, doesn't matter. And she's so happy because what are you communicating? You're communicating that you are so full of value. You are just overflowing and you just want to give gifts, right? You don't need anything from her. Energetically, you just want to give. And so so she's going to respond really well to that, right? Because that's saying like you, it's saying so many positive things about you being a man and you not needing anything from, from anyone. And you're not just going to be a clingy little bitch. If I continue talking to you and and get your not and um, you get my number and all that kind of stuff, right? And so both attempts are about trying to get an outcome, but one is just giving value to someone, and the other is pretending to give value to someone, but really you're just trying to manipulate them to try to get it, get that value from them. Yeah, and what I see right now with the dating rules, it's immensely confusing because basically what they're saying is we want to police the seduction, the social rules for any guy we don't like. But if it's a guy that we like, we want him to take the initiative to to kiss me unexpectedly, to seduce me, you know, and be confident. Like, how can you have rules? Like, these apply to everybody I don't like, but when I like someone, they like when a guy takes a risk to go for the kiss. Because let's be honest, a girl can say, oh my God, that guy tried to kiss me and she will laugh it off with her girlfriends and feel a bit fucked up maybe for an hour. But that guy who had the balls to kiss and maybe he's starting in his journey, that guy sometimes when he doesn't work on himself, he will feel shame for months or even years by being rejected. And that pain, that embarrassment is never talked about. No, and it's so important. And that's actually... You know, that's how I started my entire journey with pickup and becoming a man where, you know, I had just a girl had broken up with me. I was like a World of Warcraft girlfriend. That was how bad my (laughs) life was. Then I'm like, okay, fine. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to learn some stuff here. I'm going to become more masculine. I'm or I didn't know have the term for it, but I'm going to learn how to talk to girls. I'm going to do like online dating. Right. And I'll get this figured out. And so. I spent like days and days just scouring. I don't know why. <laughs> just amazing how different I was back then. But I, I spent forever just looking for the perfect woman, right? I'm like, just by her profile. I'm like, I just ignored everybody else. Found this perfect woman, messaged her. Amazingly, I was able to set up a date with her. So we went on a date. It was great. I had a two-hour conversation. You know, I'd, I'd, that was like the best conversation I'd ever had in my life. I had no idea how to talk to people back then. Tried to kiss her at the end of the date you know, did that cheek turn thing. Oh, you know what? I think we're just better off as friends. Some, Mm -hmm. some BS, you know, try to let her, let him, let me down easy. And 
And I went home and I just beat myself up emotionally mm-hmm. yeah. so badly, right? Just, oh, Zach, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? You mm-hmm. sh- like, of course, she didn't want to kiss you, you know, on and on and on, cried for hours about it. Because, you know, I, I was 20, 23 at that time and I, I didn't lose my virginity till 23. So about, about the same time as Whoa. you. And I just, this was like, I, I was already so desperate. And it was just like one more confirmation that's like, I'm going to die alone as a virgin, no children, no girl is ever going to. Bro, I had the exact same thing, man. I was really thinking like, and I was so in my head and so insecure and so playing the role that I, when I, when I was sexual with a girl in the beginning, I couldn't even have an erection because I was putting so much pressure on myself. And mm. I was thinking it's biological, you know, I'll never have a girlfriend, etc. until I had a very good experience and it opened me up. But yeah. that shame and guilt and self-hatred and self-doubt, like I think most women can't understand how deep that can go and how deep those wounds, wounds can be. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It can destroy men, especially if it's, you know, for me, I got, I, I consider myself really lucky actually, because some men, they just deal with this over and over again for years until they just completely give up, right? Because they never find a way to heal themselves, to fix themselves, to become men. And it, it just soul destroying for me, you know, I only had a few, you know, situations with women earlier on in my er- earlier twenties and my late teens that, you know, they liked me for a while. I eventually blew it. I did actually kiss a few girls, never got much further as a few days. And then they didn't like me anymore, that kind of thing. But, you know, and I just try to get by playing video games and focusing on university. And then it was these, the most recent experiences that I just mentioned, right? The, the online, I tried online dating and, you know, I'd broken up with the world of Warcraft girlfriend. And then it was after that beating myself up that one time, I'm like, okay, I've got to get this figured out. I, I kind of just, after having that big cry, I'm like, okay, I, I don't care what it takes. I need to figure out what's wrong with me. And then there was um, this guy that was in my email. I don't know how he ended up there, but you, I'm sure you know him. David D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Right? Adam Pagan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He turned into my Well, you're dating. Yeah. And I and I, I read a few of his emails before, but you know, when men really aren't willing to make that change, this is the thing. It's such a huge decision to be like, to admit, like, you know what, I suck with women, I need to get this figured out, that they would rather just screw themselves over again and again and again instead of just doing the work, investing in themselves. Because it's like on some subconscious level, they know like, you know, it's going to be too painful to do this change. So I'm just going to continue to experience the pain I'm already dealing with. Right. But, you know, I had enough of that pain at that point. I was like, I will do anything. So I started reading. Right. He was already in my email. I read a few things. and I'm like, all right. You know, I'm just going to invest in his programs. So I bought all his DVDs, his e-books. I bought his e-books first. And then his DVDs. And then I just, I spent thousands of dollars on pickup stuff and psychology stuff over the next year and two pickup courses. So probably like eight grand in total, because I was just like, I will do anything now. I like, I, I had gotten to that level of pain where it's like, I've hit rock bottom. I am pathetic in every way as a man. I will do anything to get this figured out. I don't care how much pain it, t- it causes me. I don't care how much time I'm going to change my life. 
right? And and that's what men, unfortunately, you know, a lot of men, they have to hit that level, that rock bottom level before they're like, okay, I, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to make that change. Within a year, you know, I I had slept with a whole bunch of women, which I know a lot of men kind of need to get out of their system. I'd found a girlfriend that I really, really liked, didn't work out in the end, but it lasted longer than my my longest relationship, mm-hmm. which, which was a few days. And just everything made sense. My life was completely different, but it was because I made that change and, and only because I hit rock bottom. Yeah. That was one of the first posts that I made on my blog, why, why you have to hit rock bottom to change your life because you tried everything and then you just, in the end, you keep on hitting the wall and you can't keep on blaming the wall. It's you hitting the wall. What sometimes surprises me is that indeed people try to do it all by themselves, but they know that their current identity is not helping them. I reflected about that yesterday. If you would take a look at how many time, hours and effort guys spend on you know, dating apps and sending messages. And partly if they would get the right coach, A, but B, put the same effort maybe into self-development or building their own business, the amount of time, focus, and energy, they would get a better girl, they would be more stable, and they would also be more successful. Yeah. You know, this is going to be a bit of self-promotion and be like, listen, you should probably hire me or at least somebody else, right? But I took a sales course recently, right? Because I have my own business, right? I'm, I'm teaching men how to do this as well as women, their side of things. And a great thing that I learned, really learned in that uh, course was, is such a great quote. The biggest cost in your business is the money that you're not making, mm-hmm. right? And so basically what it's saying is, you know, yeah, taking a sales course or, or hiring some, a mentor is going to cost you money, but it's a tiny, tiny cost compared to all the money that you're not making by not hiring help to really grow, right? And it's the same with with uh, meeting women, where it's like, how much money are you wasting on dates every month? How much time are you wasting that you could be spending, you know, either in an intangible thing like with a girlfriend and having sex with her, or or working on your business and making tons of money, right? How, how much is that all that pain that you're experiencing worth? to you that you could be not experiencing that, right? And so I look at the 8,000 bucks that I spent with those courses and all that material, it's nothing, mm-hmm. right? If I could have told my 17-year-old self, like, listen, just spend $50,000, right? I, I, when I was 15, I actually had like 30 grand in stocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So cash all that shit out, spend all of your money learning this stuff right now, save yourself all that time and grief and you know, masturbating by yourself that you're having to do instead of having an incredible relationship, having incredible experiences with women. It's insignificant, the investment that you're going to spend to actually get help instead of figuring it out on your own and wasting years of your life doing the wrong things and money. And I think it's also a journey because what I know is I see this a lot in guys who get acquainted with uh, stepping into their masculine or POA or seduction learning how to relate to women is when it's the first thing that people learn about self-development, they also, and I think it's not beneficial, but they have to go to that journey. They have their sole focus on everything dating, everything seduction, you know? And when you want to point them towards business or towards, you know, lifestyle, everything is just to get women, just to get women, which gets you, you know, invested and you have that focus. But after a while, I'm telling you guys, after a while, you see that your current focus is not working and you take some time off, you integrate other aspects. And you know what? Paradoxically, 
when you don't need it so much anymore, but you still take action and you have other pillars in your life, then you will see you're also more successful. But they're so maniacally focused on getting women and that seduction, which is partly because, oh my God, this is awesome, that I try to steer them toward other aspects and like, dude, it's all you focus on, but you know, it takes a while and that intense focus is just on one thing. I don't know if you had the same experience, but. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm cool with guys going either way, to be honest. Like I spent a decade literally just pretty much learning pickup and and dating and all because I was just obsessed with it, right? And you know, I, I I taught pickup for a while too, like helping men. I had like I worked on a few things, but actually having like a like really caring about my business and and like a purpose and things like that, it just wasn't a focus. And if it had been a focus, that probably really would have helped me as well. But it, it's hard to when it's like this stuff can be a drug. Right. Yeah, this is what I noticed with the PUA community that they say, like, you shouldn't get girls to get validation, but everything that they use in their videos and social proof is just validation (laughs) and social proof. So that is often what people mistake, I think, with the pickup artist lifestyle is that is their job. That is their lifestyle. Most of the guys that I know, especially when they start out, they just want to have a caring, good relationship. They're like good guys but they you know, got hurt in life and became a bit resentful and they're working on themselves. But some guys fall into the trap of having that same old, same old superficial experience of seduction, having sex with the same kind of superficial women. You can have thousand sexual short experiences with thousand women, or you have, can have thousand deep experiences with like a special partner and you really go deep. And you need probably the repetition, you know, like sleeping with women, knowing that you can do it. But after a while you, have, while, you have the law of marginal gains and it becomes the same old, same old, same old. And then at least you want something that goes deeper. So that sometimes is the trap of looking at the lifestyle of those pickup artists and then thinking, I want the same thing. You know, you can look at how that affects, can affect men in other areas too, right? With like making money, for example, like it, more money is never, it's never enough. Like, I, and it's the same, it can be the same with, superficial sexual experiences. And I've certainly gone through that myself. I definitely have. And some guys, like some of my wingmen, they're still there. And I don't even know if they're ever going to change. But, you know, after a year of doing that, I was like, yeah, I really, I I want a girlfriend. And I had a kind of a, what ended in a really bad experience. And then I kind of just continued with, I got to the point for a while that I never wanted to settle down. And then after a few years of that, I'm like, no, I definitely do. And I set my intention for it and then met my wife like a month later, I think, or a few weeks later. But yeah, I think that it can really be a trap for men. And that's a problem because like, honestly, I can say, you know, all my, like, I'm not saying it wasn't fun. Like I had a ton of fun having sex with a bunch of women and just being completely free and all that kind of stuff. But Looking back at it, I realized so much of that was because I wasn't healed as a man to begin with. And I thought I was. That's the big trap is I thought I was because, you know, I was just so happy all the time and like life was really amazing and I didn't really have any issues. But I actually did have a core wound about being energetically stingy and not really wanting to, I didn't really have much of a feeling of devotion. I liked making girls happy, but I didn't have that feeling of responsibility of like, I really want to devote to a woman and just make her happy and, and protect her and love her and all that kind of stuff. 
even after I got married, right? Like for the first few years of my marriage, I didn't have that either. And then once that shifted, like the person that I am now, the man that I am now, you know, just sex with random women is is nothing by comparison. Like the the feeling of being responsible and just devoting to a woman who respect, like a a high self worth woman who's beautiful and submits to my leadership and and um, you know we can just keep making our relationship deeper as time goes on. That's that's a million times better. And so, but it, but it can be hard to have that perspective when you're not in it. Right. Yeah, I I resonate a lot with what you've been through, and I still want to focus on the topic of you know being a virgin until you're 23 and having those relationships you know being non-existent before that period. I'm just going to share my experience, and maybe you resonate with some of these. I -hmm. also have these core wounds about worthiness and safety and autonomy. So, pattern, I'm working on it, but it's still there. Like, man, I was 20. You were 23. I was 24. I felt I wasn't worth anything. I felt I could never rely on anyone. I felt like alone. I felt betrayed. I felt, you know, I can't trust women. So a part of me still finds it hard to be with a woman, you know, because it feels like I will, I will better be by myself because then I don't get hurt. What a mm-hmm. kind of in the pickup stage beginning, a kind of revenge about, yeah, yeah, women fucked around with me. Now I'm just going to fuck around with women, right? So yeah. I acknowledge that shadow that's there because we can talk about tactics and self-development and reading books. But when 23 years or 24 years you've been wrestling with yourself and having these core wounds, I mean, they always come out in relationships, <laughs> especially in intimate situations. So I know that pattern is still there. So that's something that I'm still wrestling with and acknowledging that that's there, you know? Yeah. Like, Cause ultimately, right. It's the, the inner game stuff that really, really matters. It's, it's the outer game stuff that sounds really fun, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to learn a bunch of tactics and you know, like, Oh, I just need this. And the marketing for it, it just is so seductive in itself, right? Like just need this one line. We're going to, we're not going to tell you what it is. You'll have to pay for the Z book or whatever, and then we'll give it to you. And then it's going to, girls are just going to chase you and love you and, want to have sex with you all the time. So it's like the outer game stuff that just sounds like magic, but it's the inner game stuff that first of all, what's going to make you happy. And it's going to, it's going to be what actually makes a functional relationship possible because yeah, good luck having a relationship. If all you've learned is tactics and strategies and lines, and you still believe that, you know, you're not worthy that, you know, women are all going to run away from you and that, and worse that the only reason the woman is with you is because of all the lines and, and strategies that you learned, right? Because you can't keep doing those in a relationship. Bro, that was just a painful part in the pickup journey by like, yeah, as long as you have material, then you're interesting. And then when it's gone, she rejects you. So end result, if I'm being me, I get rejected, which cuts yeah. even deeper, you know? Yeah. And so you, it's it's so important to understand how your identity is built, right? Because this is what this is the big problem that happened in the pickup community. And it ended up being a split. I don't know how deep you've gone with the whole mystery Tyler Durden thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I learned from mis- the whole mystery method thing first, which is all about lines, strategies, tactics. It's all manipulation, right? It is 100 percent manipulation. And if you develop your identity in that way, then yeah, all you are going to believe is that the like in inside and in the core of you, the only reason women are attracted to you is because of the lines and strategies, not because of who you are. 
And then having a fulfilling relationship is impossible. Like you'll just try your best to keep manipulating, but you'll never be able to hold it together. And then there was eventually a split where Tyler Durden uh, went the other direction. And because that's what he realized, he had that realization and then realized like, wow, all I am is like deep down underneath all of that stuff. I'm just an empty shell of a man, right? I, I don't believe that I can attract women and keep women. And so that's where the authenticity piece came from, right? Where that I talked about earlier about it's about giving, not about trying to take. Because the taking thing is like when you give a line and it's like you're when you get really good at it, when when you're bad at it, women sense it immediately, right? Oh, he's just trying to take from me. When you get really good at taking, which is manipulation, you learn how to take from a woman, right? Try to manipulate her attraction level to you without her knowing it. So you become like a master manipulator. And that's what much of the pickup community is. And it's never going to get you what you want. And what men have to switch to is learning how to be like authentic and genuine where you are actually just leading by giving gifts, right? Hey, oh, I just think you're so beautiful. I just wanted to meet you because you mean it because it's your truth, not because you're trying to get a reaction from her. And then, hey, let's go over here. I really like you because you mean it and you want to go over there here with her, right? It's not because you're trying to build attraction every step of the way. It's because it's an ex- your leadership is an extension of who you are. And that can be a lot more scary because now it's not about a pickup costume. It's about you and getting rejected for you is it, that hurts more than getting rejected for a costume. Yeah. And I think it has to do more with self-centeredness, not being egoistical or being not so much affected or being more detached because that's a misconception that a lot of people have. All women like assholes. Well, there are certain traits that assholes have, but you don't have to be an asshole to, you know, be interested to women. But they have yeah. a kind of self-centeredness. They speak their truth. They are confident. They are bold. They're straightforward. You don't have to be an asshole, but because we are in an age where masculinity or boldness or directness is not being honored, the chances that they're being approached and it's an asshole are bigger because it's the only guys who are still approaching you yeah. and there to take a <laughs> yeah. risk. So you have a very wrong sample and then think it is all men, you know, but you get a very specific sample of men who still dare to approach you. Yeah. That, and that is such a great point. And it's actually uh, bringing up a thing for me where in pickup, even though I learned how to be really authentic and thank, thank goodness for that, but I developed what I unconsciously developed is I started to believe that I had to be kind of really self-interested and we'll call it non-devotional for women to stay attracted to me. And so I just became quite, you know, focused on myself, right? I didn't really, I, I didn't care as much about a woman's experience as I should, because I picked up on the idea somewhere that if I did, that you know, she would lose attraction for me. That like attraction was actually coming from me being selfish and making myself energetically like up here and she's down here. That didn't mean I treated women like shit, but I treated myself as a higher priority where in a truly healthy relationship and, and, you know, for dating too, right? It's, you are very masculine, but you are you are devotional at the same time. So you're caring about her experience. You're leading, you're leading everything because you, you care about her experience, but you're also 
essentially commanding respect for yourself at the same time where you're not going to be letting her lead. You're not going to be letting her try to control the situation. And that's why that's how you get a woman who is both attracted to you and respects you while she also really feels like, you know, a princess. Like she feels amazing about herself because it's like, wow, this really high guy, high value man is doing all these amazing things for me. And what do you think is the role of vulnerability or talking about emotions with women? A man being vulnerable? Yes. Uh, I don't think that he should at all. And I've taken that kind of all the way in the other direction where I've learned to, because you know, a lot of pickup coaches will actually teach men to share their feelings about everything all the time and, and all that kind of stuff as a way to open her up. Um, I, I just think that's bullshit now. I think that, I don't know where they got that from, but that's not, that's, you're being feminine when you do that. You're stepping really into your feminine energy and you're actually forcing a woman to hold space for that. You're forcing her into her masculine. And so I, I don't think that men should. I think that men get their needs met by leading, right? Telling a woman what, what he, he wants her to do essentially. And then a woman gets her needs met by being vulnerable, expressing her feelings. So a man's role, even from the get-go, but especially in a relationship, is to lead his woman to express her feelings about everything, about his leadership, about like how she feels in the relationship, everything, and make her feel comfortable to do that. What do you think of female leaders? Like nowadays, it says like, yeah, if the world would only have more female leaders, the world would be a much better place. Yeah. Well, so that's complete bullshit for multiple reasons. You know, again, I don't care what women want to do. I mean, everyone is free to do whatever the hell they want with their life. I think that that mindset is, is just pure indoctrination. It's funny because, you know, the, the women leaders, the ones who are leading, they're extremely masculine. Right. So, so they're like, even physically, right. Even physically, their skin is like leather. Yeah. So what is the difference, right? What is the difference between say a feminine, sorry, not feminine, but female, say president of the United States and, and a male president, right? You look at Hillary Clinton, she's more masculine than 95% of the men that I know. Right. That like, so there's no, and and she's like a sociopath, just like most, um, most politicians are. So absolutely not. Women, <laughs> women leaders are not going to make the world a better place. They, the ones that are in positions of power are definitely not making the world a better place. And yeah, I don't, don't know where they keep this evidence. That have no interest in being leaders. I don't get it where they get this evidence from that. Yeah. When female leaders would be there, it would be a better place. You had the old female leader in Brazil. You have, you know, Christine Lagarde of the IMF. You have other, you have bad female leaders. You have good female leaders, but indeed, maybe it's how we have leaders and a capitalist system, et cetera. But you need to have masculine traits right now to run a fantastic big organization or a multi-billion dollar company. But they now say, you know, yeah, when it's a woman by default, she will be a better leader, but there's like no evidence for it. So I'm wondering, you know, why is that? Plus, I mean, that's what I see. Most of these women, they seem unfulfilled and unhappy. Oh, I'm yeah. the same as you. They can, women can choose anything that they want. I'm just saying, choose something that makes you feel fulfilled. And in general, on a biological level, women rather have a social role. 
mother or you know social things that they do that fulfills them that's also yeah. biologically what they've mostly been doing that's what they're good at they're also good at raising children i'm not negating what they can do i'm just saying the most happy women in flow in intuition expressive often don't do these high ceo working 60 70 80 hours a week and then replacing their motherhood with hiring three nannies in essence that is not what make, makes women more fulfilled because we see this in the research. Despite the opportunity for women having vastly improved the last 30, 40 years, every decade they become increasingly more unhappy and unsatisfied. Even so much so that the biggest reason for the ending of relationships is not women not being happy, but they're not being happy enough. You know, and yeah. a lot of divorces are being instigated by women. So I'm just asking, is it really making you fulfilled? Or are you just following the propaganda that you have to do it? Because just as you said, and that's so strange with feminism, they define success on masculine standards. Yeah. <laughs> that's so ironic. Like yeah. <laughs> even physically, when you watch these radical feminists, they're lesbian, you know, LGBTQ, they look like a man and they're so estranged from that fluid feminine, yeah. only fluid in their gender spectrum. That is so strange. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, first of all, I think like being a mother is the most important job in the world. And it has been so not demonized, but just like looked down upon as like, that's, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to go be a doctor instead of a mother when like you being a mother and creating healthy children, like emotionally and physically children and, and keeping them out of those indoctrination centers that we call schools and giving them an incredible head start in their life with high self-esteem, like high self-worth, knowing who they are, and actually teaching, like helping them learn things that are actually useful. Like you, you think that being a doctor or being a lawyer or being something like that is more important than that role when you're bringing children into the world? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think that we really need to get back to creating a society where women realize that mothering their children that there's no important more important job in the world and you know it's probably going to be a <laughs> one of two things right you're either going to do that and really take that job seriously or your kids are going to spend decades being screwed up trying to trying to unscrew up like become unscrewed up essentially right and and a lot of money and therapy and pickup courses and whatever else is going to be involved in that and I'm not saying, you know, that's, that's what you sh a, a woman has to do. You know, a woman can do whatever she wants, but I think. But for this the is what the children, masculine does. And this is what postmodernism did. They threw away universalistic principles and they threw away also generalistic principles. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is something essentially masculine. We are providing an orientation to the world that in general is true. That doesn't mean there's no room for exceptions or you can choose differently, but we're giving you a map that in general is very reliable and will provide like a framework. So in general, a stable family, a man and a woman in the family, in the household, two parents is much more stable, provides much more healthy, psychologically healthy children. Nowadays, we live in the age of the disposable male. It's almost like it's an option. Single yeah. mom is being celebrated while it's the bigger, pre biggest predictor of psychological issues. Again, a lot of single moms will say like, yeah, but my son is fine. That's fine. In general, this research is overwhelming. 
that a child needs both parents. It's not hard to understand. You know, it's already training with two parents with time and energy and to devote yourself to the child. And now they act like everything is just an option, right? You have a buffet of options on an individual level. You can fuck and date everything that you like. A child identifies as whatever they want. They don't even need two parents. And we're creating a lot of unstable children, people which creates unstable families, which creates unstable communities, which creates an unstable world. So I think there really should be a focus on restoring traditional identities, things that actually during centuries have provided a stable basis. And this is also one of the agendas that they often do, the attack on the nuclear family. All the yeah. identities, white, Western, male, heterosexual, Catholic, everything that provides a stable foundation, it has to be destroyed. And it's such a pity because it provides some stability against all the chaos in the world. And yeah. if you have endless choices, that is chaos. You don't know how to navigate. It's completely overwhelming. So that is often what the masculine provides, some structure, some roadmap, some principles that help you navigate the world. Instead of saying, you can do whatever you want, you can choose whatever you want, you can be whatever you want, and it sounds good on the surface, but it's just completely overwhelming and you don't know who you are, who you belong to, or how you should function in the world. Yeah. And in large part, too, like to just to give women some... You know, I, I, I got to be clear that so much of this is because of men not really stepping up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's really a co-created reality. But when you live in a reality when men have not fully stepped up and like, you know, I want to be, you know, the, the sole provider, take really set strong boundaries, expectations, all that stuff, then you've got women who feel unsafe and feel like they need to be taking care of themselves because who else is going to? Right. And then they need to step more into their masculine energy and 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 become a lawyer or become whatever else. And men feel very, they either feel really un well, they do feel unsafe to lead, and that can either be conscious or unconscious, right? Where they don't even realize that they're afraid of it because they're so conditioned to not having balls. How do you initiate a man into being more masculine and initiate a woman into letting go? Because I got a question from my audience, and I often see this in women. They're so hardened. They're so masculinized. They're not in touch with that fluid, feminine, flexible, open, receiving state. Can they immediately jump to being feminine or have to work first with like trauma and condition themselves, shadow work, et cetera, to open up and then become more flexible while a man becomes like more a leader, you know, more structured, more disciplined, more focused, like. Do you have some tools, some processes, some things that people could use to go on this hero or heroine's journey? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. So, you know, there's all, I'm not going to say that I have the only method or anything. There's other, there's plenty of methods to do this, but the way that I believe is the most effective is to really get your communicate, your, your mindset and communication really dialed in. And so for a man, I like, I'll tell you from my experience, right. And, and, you know, I'm helping other men do the same thing. When I started learning about pickup, what really changed things for me is when I got my communication and mindset dialed in. So just like I'd go up to that woman and say, Hey, I think you're gorgeous. I just wanted to meet you. Right. What am I doing? I'm being extremely dominant by like bold, right? Like I'm, I'm telling a woman exactly what I think of her. And then I'm going to be leading her. And all of that is with the mindset, the energetics of gift giving, right? Like I'm trying to give you a gift. 
it's very strong language. So making judgments on a, on a woman and her behavior, like including negative, Hey, I, that's disrespectful. Don't do that. Right. And then, and positive leading as well, telling her what to do. When you get that language figured out, you really start to get your, your energy kind of follow suit, right? If you get the words right, but you're not doing it to take, right? You, you, you do it to give and you get, you get the right words then you can get into your masculine energy and become increasingly dominant as a leader. And what it's going to end up doing, as long as you continue to lead towards what you want, a whole bunch of shit's going to come up for you, right? Like the number of times where girls have rejected me and like, I didn't get what I want and just stuff came to the surface and I cried like a little baby, you know, that was a big part of my journey. So I ended Mm. up healing so much of that stuff on the way along with developing my masculine skills and becoming more dominant as a man. And then the same thing for women starts with feminine communication, right? And the biggest part of that, there's so much to it, but the biggest part of feminine communication is being vulnerable, right? Just a simple statement like, you know, instead of telling a man what to do or asking him for things or or judging his behavior, just what is the feeling that you're feeling? You know, I feel insecure. I feel insignificant. I feel sad. I feel shame, right? And and women think that this is so will often think that this is so weak and a man's going to disappear. No, if you do that with the right energy where you're containing that energy, you're not putting it on a man with neediness or or like trying to like manipulate him with an outcome or trying to blame him for how you feel and it's just pure vulnerability, heart open. Not only is a man going to be like, "Holy shit, I just want to make you feel good." Right. And, and it's going to make him more attracted to her. Like, think about that whole cliche of, you know, a woman's vulnerable and he want, then he wants to have sex with you. Like, yeah, some men do that to take advantage. But another part of it is, you know, that just makes a man horny, mm-hmm. right? To see your heart, a woman's heart like that. Like, that's a turn on for a man. Yeah. So tapping into that. And when a woman's able to do that and be emotionally responsible and getting out of the stories and all the other bullcrap that's going to bring up a lot of pain for her. And, it, and, and instead of being silent as well, right? Because a lot of women say silent. She's going to get into her feminine energy and it's going to bring up so much pain for her to actually heal as well. And so just getting the words, the, the right words with the right energy allows you to get into your right masculine or feminine polarity and end up, uh, the more that you do it, and the more that you do it when you're interacting with other people, especially a partner, the more that you are going to heal everything that needs to be healed and just become increasingly masculine or increasingly feminine. Should there also be some kind of bodily practices that a guy goes into martial arts or does something else with like men or go fishing or hunting or whatever, and that a woman would do more embodied practices like uh, dancing or painting or yoga or something more expressive? Yeah, I don't teach that, but I would suggest it. Right. I, I think that that's a good idea because it, it can help you get more into that energy and feel it. And it like it feels good. It feels natural. It won't help that much in an actual relationship. Like it's the communication that's because you can do all the dancing and whatever stuff in the world, uh, martial arts as a man. But if if you don't know how to communicate with your partner, you're going to revert right back into androgyny or into your reverse Yeah, because bro, this is what I see. And this is the biggest hidden crisis in society right now besides the single mom crisis, it's the boys crisis, right? And there's a lot of these marketeers who are preying on the wounded masculine, on these boys, and they just think that they're just going to 
jump in some mud with five guys and then suddenly they become a man, you know, or do one workshop and change their life and they pay a lot of money to just cry out, connect with men, be a bit alpha. But then after that workshop, they're back in their regular life. And I think a lot of these things, you know, they're band-aids. You really need to go through the process and the journey. And a lot of marketeers or people are preying on these wounded masculine boys and it's not really fixing them or helping them in the long run. At least that's my opinion, right? I agree. Yeah, most, like I would say 95% or maybe more of all of the courses and other crap that's out there for both men and women are band-aids. They are band-aids that will give you a nice quick fix that make you feel good about yourself and think that you're, you know, you finally figured things out, but you're not, it's not what you really need to change the core of who you are, really go through your healing journey, all that kind of stuff. And I have a really big problem with it. Like I really, I, I've seen that so much. And, and, you know, I've wasted money on that in the pickup community too, right? The whole Band-Aid solution thing. So I, and, and I can see quite clearly what are Band-Aids and what is really will offer like deep change, right? And so my thing is, even though I'm focusing, I, I, I guess I kind of do both where, you know, I will offer tools that can get instant results right? Which will be just band-aids if that's all you want is the, the instant results, which I don't, I, I don't want anyone to stop with. But if you continue using those tools and, and you really take it seriously, you will go through a complete transformational journey in your, what, like your love life, whether you're single or in a relationship. You just got to keep doing it no matter what. Yeah. And it's also very close to my heart. And you can even see Jordan Peterson like crying about it when he actually talks about it because it's such like an issue. I know this a lot of times in the past when I worked that back then I was just focusing on high performance and not just on uh, helping people get more clients and grow their business. When I was working with clients who found it difficult to put in the effort to be committed and they didn't know what they want, you know what happened 80% of the cases? They didn't have a strong father figure. But it didn't have a strong and a father figure. That pattern is so prevalent, it stared me in the eyes that these lost boys had no discernment. They didn't know what they want. They had no discipline, no commitment. And a lot of times it's because they had no or a very weak father figure. Yeah, I believe it. For and sure. oftentimes that also acts out with women. There's a lot of projection going on. They had a bad relationship with their dad. They had no father figure. And then they say, all men are like this. I wasn't loved by men. So all men are like this. So that's the same thing. What happened with a girl that I met and she was a radical feminist. And I was trying to convince her like, listen, it's because you were raised by a single mom. <laughs> you know, she castrated you, you know, she didn't make you like, she didn't castrate you. She sterilized you, you know, and she took away your femininity and she gave you an example of all the men will let you down, etc. And you became resentful of men. And you call yourself a feminist, but look at how you look at men and how you are in the world. It's very unfeminine. And it's like very masculine. And that yeah. was also her process. And now she's helping women to become more feminine, which is absolutely beautiful. But oftentimes what you fight for is just the projection of your own unresolved personal wounds. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's often it. Do, it does sound like she's made a ton of gains there, which is great. But unfortunately, that's often what you see in the coaching industry too, right? Is just the projection of stuff, where especially with masculine and fe- teaching masculinity and femininity, I've seen this more in this industry than anywhere else, where people will 
make masculinity or femininity, whatever they want it to be based on who they are and where they're at. Right. So it's like, it's, it's masculinity based on my own wounds, femininity based on my own wounds. And probably the most extreme of that would be like these hardcore feminists that maybe think that this is somehow being feminine in some way when it's like, no, you are, you're more of a man than most men. Right. And so, you know, what like masculinity and femininity are, are specific things, specific energies. You don't just get to make any definition up based on where you are. And so that's a really big issue that I see in the industry of, you know, it, it's skewed teachings that cause a lot of misperceptions, especially because this is very much like in a like airy fairy spiritual community, right? Where it's like vague language, vague terminology of things, which is just opening up the door for making things mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, and, and we you don't, and your clients. And we don't know how much, we don't realize how much the culture narrative molds our perception of the world. We grew up with what? Like Terminator, you know, Mel Gibson, you know, Rambo. We still had these movies. You talk about certain pickup videos. We might shift it a bit to work more towards inner game, but there still was online. What happened on YouTube? They cracked down on all the pickup channels because it was manipulative, etc. So there's that narrow bandwidth of what people are allowed to see. So it's mm-hmm. harder and harder to be plugged outside of the matrix. So the brainwashing is more and more while the alternatives become more and more fringe. So that's the danger that I see. And that's why I also do my podcast here to stand up for rebels with a cause and help people think critically because they could just label what you do as he is manipulating men how to sleep with women. Even though you build up men in a masculinity, you create healthy, thriving relationships, they could just say, no, everybody who's a masculinity coach is a manipulator. And in a year, two years, none of this material is to be found on the mainstream media and social media anymore. Yeah. And that's such a huge issue in itself, right? And there's that great quote, uh, you know, what was, I can't remember the guy's name, but the first they came for the communists and I wasn't Mm -hmm. a communist, so I didn't speak up. They're coming for everybody. Mm -hmm. They are coming for everybody. And they will start with the most extreme, right? The pickup artists, you know, like the conspiracy theorists, especially the hardcore ones, anyone that's like very pro natural health. But then they're like, they're coming for then the next people, the next people, they'll come for me eventually. I know they will. And and <laughs> they're coming for everybody else. And so we've got to continue speaking up about this. That's um, why it's so important that we build our communities. And if everybody is like on Apple, they can spread my message of uh, freedom of speech by leaving a review. You can also check out Zach to support him. Because what I'm seeing right now, and this is not a conspiracy, they are developing these technologies that they basically, that's also all these social media platforms like Facebook is going slower and slower because they're measuring more and more data. As soon as you do a live video, as soon as you make a post, they summarize all your words. And if there's a sentence that they don't like, or they find you a bigot or you know a racist, et cetera, just one sentence without content, text without intention, they can brand you, you can be labeled and you can be virtually character assassinate and bam, all your followers, all your influence that you've been building up for years, removed by the algorithm without having anything to say. And this is increasingly what's happening, right? Online censoring of opinions, people have to conform, they can't think critically. And that's such a pity because you learned a lot about life. I learned a lot about life. I did some stupid shit. You did some stupid shit, but I reflected about it and I became a better person by negotiating with the world, right? And for me to just follow the prescribed narrative, 
That is living like an automaton. Like what kind of freedom of expression and meaning is there to be found? Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I have learned that has helped me in my life definitely did not come from any mainstream narrative. That's for sure. <laughs> that another popular quote, I can't remember who it is, but everything popular is wrong. There really is. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the things that I learned during everything this last year. A lot of things that I learned about the truth of things is just a story being written by the conquerors or those who want to control people and we're just being manipulated and kept stupid and dumb. Yeah. I think that's why they're making a lot of smartphones and smart equipment because those things make us dumb. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> so we can use it now to our advantage to have a bigger reach and reach more people while we can and build up our communities, build up healthy, thriving men. Because I need, I think we need leadership more than ever now. If people want to get in touch, where can they find out more about you and uh, tell a bit more about the programs that you're offering to uh, build strong men and to build vulnerable, expressive women? Sure. So my website is relationshipofyourdreams.com. And on my website, you can find basically every link that you need to. So I run uh, a course for men uh, learning to become dominant leaders. I run a course for women learning how to be radiant, vulnerable women and, and, and going like really deep as, as far as it goes. I also run a, men's, a paid men's group and a paid women's group where members are just, they've been learning for me for such a long time that it's just amazing. And I got uh, 60 hours of videos in those groups. What else do I have? Obviously, one-on-one -on -one coaching. I've got three books. There's also a link to my website for those. They're on Amazon. And I've also got a free Facebook group for anyone who's just like, yeah, this guy sounds like he's making sense. I want to find out more first. So the link to that is also on my on my website. So that's Relationship Your Dreams. Yeah. So I teach real femininity, real masculinity, and I give real tools to very easily tap into that energy, stay in that energy, get women to inspire their men to really step up and lead. And I teach men how to, how to lead their woman into letting go, submitting, and just expressing how they feel. Instead Last question. What do you think is the role of parents? Like how should they treat their boys and girls right now to go a bit against the cultural narrative that is increasingly being pushed right now? I think that parents should definitely encourage their, their boys to like speak up, start leading. At this point, you know, both men and women really need to do that because this society is going completely out of the toilet and there's so much that needs to be spoken up with. But in more specifically, men or boys really need to be taught how to lead, being allowed to really make mistakes, you know, giving lots of responsibilities is really, really important and, and make mistakes with those responsibilities. For women, I think the most important thing that parents can do is really get them to especially their their fathers, right, is to like take care of them, to make them feel safe to emotionally open up, to be really expressive. This stuff starts in childhood, right? And, and most women, they're only learning masculine communication. They're often shamed for feminine communication, right? So doing that as early as possible, because this isn't just, here's the thing, this isn't just something that should be done in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine a world where like all men and women were like this with each other all the time, right? I've encouraged women, listen, 
just be really vulnerable on Facebook, right? Just be really expressive with how you feel and just block the shit out of anybody who, who disagrees with or who's like shaming you for it, right? Because women are so scared to do that. But what are they? They're scared to be who they are. And you shouldn't just feel comfortable to be who you are with a really devotional man who will make you feel safe. You need to learn to make yourself feel safe and get rid of anyone who doesn't approve of that. Are there any tools that you think would be useful to check out some books that really were influential, both for a man and both for a woman to work on their communication, on their devotion or on their leadership? Honestly, as far as, as tools and how to step up as a man and like go as a woman, the, the best books I could really recommend is the three that I've written. So I've written uh, Don't Let Her Lead, that's more geared for men, Worthy Woman, and Irresistibly Feminine, which are both more geared for women. But honestly, all three, I think, if communication is something that you want to work on, I think all three are extremely useful. I haven't actually read much as far as masculine and feminine polarity stuff go. I like David Data's Way of the Superior Man. I thought that was really great. Like I get very like hands-on, like this is a how-to book of how to apply this stuff. Mm. He doesn't offer much of that. It's still a great book. And I think that especially every man should read that because like for mindset and just general understanding, it's fantastic. But there wasn't much as far as communication skills or anything like that. One thing I'm like still curious about is like, because you're controversial, because you go against the culture narrative and stuff from the female clients that you have, what are some words that you heard from them? What are some expressions that they told you after going through your coaching? Because it's almost like unplugging them from the matrix, right? Matrix comes from matrix, which is womb, almost from the toxic womb, you know? So what did women say to you or how did they feel after going to your coaching process? They are like certainly extremely grateful. And it's great because when they go through this process, they learn how to express in a way that a man's going to really love hearing, right? So I, I love that too. A lot of my testimonials are just very feeling based, but like, oh, I just, I feel so happy. I feel so free. I feel, you know, like I feel home. Like I finally, finally found like who I am and, and can just, I uh, just feel free to be who I am. Yeah. And like often for the, like for the first time in their lives, because they've been stuck in this more masculine way of operating and been disconnected from their heart, right? Like the biggest thing I can say I help women with is getting them reconnected to their heart and expressing from their heart. And it is, it is sad how many women are really disconnected from it. How can a man feels like I am not in my masculine? Like, what are some experiences? How can a woman feel like, yeah, I'm really not in touch with my feminine? Are there some ways that they can feel in the dynamic of their relationship, in the dynamic of themselves that they're like, I'm stuck. I'm not where I naturally am supposed to be? Yeah, well, if a woman is feeling drained and stressed out, she's definitely in her masculine. And if she feels if she feels like really unsafe, probably in her masculine too, or with a man who is is just not devotional in any way, not strong as a leader, a man's going to feel really weak. He's going to feel emasculated. He's not going to feel powerful. He's not going to feel strong. He's he's going to feel yeah, just like he. I think weakness is the best way to describe it. Like when a man is in his masculine energy, he feels powerful. He feels in control. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for sharing your insights on how to have the balanced 
masculine and the balanced feminine and have a beautiful polarity. I fully support your mission and let's create some strong masculine leaders and some radiant feminine Yes, not leaders, is. but I don't know how to describe it. You I know? got stuck on the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You can't say like followers, but someone who's also standing in the light and standing in their radiance, right? So they can both be like a king and a very nourishing feminine queen by inside. Yes. Thanks for creating this. It's a mission I fully support. And thanks so much for being on the podcast, Zach. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a comment. And if you're a coach or consultant and you want to scale your online business or maximize your productivity, check out the show notes to find out more about Philip and his coaching programs. Rent over.